Doctor Whoever project, safer than an x-ray, yet it may cause a slight tingling sensation. Get ready to feel something. This is Doctor Whoever. I love this cover band. Tell all your friends, check them out on YouTube. Hey, uh, this is the Doctor Whoever Project. We're doing another podcast here from the Las Vegas studios, right here in the mountains. We're going to get into it. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, a lot of news articles, so check it out on doctorwhoever.com. Leave all the toxic vibes behind and get ready to clear the fog from your mind. It's time to get stimulated. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Hey, uh, so how you guys doing? I know some people got vaccinated. What? Yes, sir. Been a long time coming with this vaccine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I am one of the vaccinated. Half. 50% vaccinated, I guess so you, you could say. No, I wasn't even available, so I was like, oh, I'll take whatever I can get at this point. Let's not be too too picky. So you guys went to the convention center, right? It was the, we went to the Cashman, Cashman Center, center okay. which is a never even heard of. It. Las Vegas baseball team, and they have a soccer team. Oh, is there? Oh, wow. Team? Yeah, Las Vegas Las Vegas Lights, I believe. Okay. In so San Diego, we had the I, San Diego Kicks or something stupid like that. Those games could be fun. No, they're fun. Yeah. I, I, I know from somebody that lives in L.A. and is a big LAFC fan, which is a team in the MLS, that LAFC actually just bought Las Vegas Lights, and they're going to use them as, like, their uh, farm team. Like, they're going to have some okay, switch okay. back and forth between players to, like, give them playing time and stuff. But we're supposed to have games in May. I mean, it'd be fun to go. I'm, I'm ready for something to do. I would go yeah. to a lame baseball game That's just to kind of, like, get out, have a couple beers. Get a sunburn, get a tank top tan, you know, and complain about it the next day. Yeah, be around other people who are, like, fucked up and yelling. Yeah, and not wearing a mask. I really want some spit on my face from, like, a drunk girl, (laughs) like, close talking to me, like, Oh, my God, I love you. I didn't know gay people like baseball. (laughs) I can honestly say that, uh... Like like bats, sh- it's like you guys like bats and balls. Giving <laughs> <laughs> a big shout out to uh, FEMA. Oh my uh, God, yes. You know, military reserve, uh, the governor here in Nevada. Yes. Uh, literally, this this the whole program from so smooth signing up online to when we first got there, we saw hundreds of people and we're like, oh shit, this is gonna be a let's, this is an all day event. We were in and out of there within 20 minutes, mm-hmm. nonstop. Hundreds of people, FEMA working. Uh, fire department working. Honestly, big shout out to everybody that that had that going. It, was, it worked amazingly. I could not believe it. I even snuck a couple of sneaky photos. I mean, they, they had signs up being like "no photo" in Spanish and English and all over the place. I was like, eh, you know, can I just take a picture? So vaccination-wise, I feel like a lot of the problems that I hear about in other states just didn't happen here with vaccination. It was it was so smooth. I almost was. Are we in the right spot? 
There were there was people in military outfits. They had bus transportation. They had vans. You could tell for like handicapped people that needed to be brought in. Um, it just looked like it was it was being run very well, and people were happy to be there. They were happy to be working, and the people were kind of happy to get their shot. Nobody was having any conversations in line too much because again, those were kind of the people that are trying to stay six feet apart and all that kind of good stuff too. But we were just kind of moving. It was like just moving along. Just I don't think we hardly stopped at all. It's kind of one of those things where you go and you're like kind of jaded so much going to those things you had to wait in line that you're already <laughs> expecting something to go bad. Expecting you know? a disaster. You know, I, can, I, I, was, I was telling Dr. Weber, it was literally the first time where I felt like I was in the midst of a pandemic because I haven't been hospitalized. The, you know, the grocery stores haven't been crazy here. But seeing like the military there, the fire department, all these people in this huge area with hundreds of people getting vaccinated, it, it felt like we were in the midst of the pandemic, but at the same time, like right over the hump of it because yes. we were in the recovery phase, you know, vaccinating America. It's the perfect time too with the, the time change and staying daylight longer. People are just kind of thinking, yeah, let's just get it and get it out of the way so I can have my summer, have my life back. Um, just moving into that, what do you guys think about the time change law where they're going to try to make uh, daylight savings permanent? So uh, U.S. senators unveiled a bill about four weeks ago to make daylight saving times uh, permanent. What do you think about that? I obviously I, think I, it's I a think, good idea. I think we know how you feel after pressing that little sound key right there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? I, I get a little lethargic, I feel like, when it's when you finish work, it's dark outside. So dark. Uh, your motivation kind of dwindles. But there's a different perspective from, like, when you're done with work, it's still sunny outside. It's still nice. It makes you want to do something and enjoy the daylight. So Yeah, and I'm who gets up that. that early, really? That early. No, they just don't. People have nine-to-five jobs. We live our lives on this nine-to-five calendar. Um, people used to, like, make these stories up that, it was for the kids waiting at the school bus, so it would be daylight earlier for children waiting for school buses. That's not the reason. That's a myth. The reason is more for farming back in the day. They wanted to have more daylight for farming. How many people do you know that do farming nowadays versus people that go work at an insurance company um, nine to five? So it just doesn't, doesn't make sense to keep living our lives in these antiquated ways that we used to do that were great. Yeah, there's no problem saying stuff like that was great, but... There's nothing wrong with changing it up a little bit, too. So, so I hope this want, gets passed. You, you, uh, you want to keep the time change? I want to keep it like it is right now, whatever that is. I think there's already two there's states some, that do it. There's some people that don't have time change. Yeah, Arizona, Arizona. and... Um, wait, Arizona and what? It's not here. I don't know, but I, 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 I agree. I think we should keep, keep the time change. I just don't really see that major reason to, to get rid of it. Here's a... Here's basically kind of what we do right here. I mean, what's the push? What's the if you are asking, when do we turn clocks back in 2020? The answer is the date that Daylight Saving Time, DST, will end in DST. Florida at 2 a.m. on Sunday, November okay, 1st, 2020. The rest of the United States so will also turn their clocks do. back on November so 1st, on November 2020, 1st. with the exception of Hawaii and Arizona. Because Hawaii and Arizona. So... On November 1st, if this law goes into place, everything just stays like it is right now under the Sunshine Protection Act of 2021. It's right here. It says, uh, under the Sunshine Protection Act of 2021, daylight savings time will be permanent. 
They've almost worded to like, how can you not? Why is even that? a discussion though? <laughs> Who is trying to push daylight savings time out, and for what reason? I, well, it's always been we switch it back at, at that certain time in the winter, and then everybody gets depressed oh, again. Oh no no no! I, I... So no, right now they're saying we don't change it. We keep it the way it is right now. I, what? So this is we just changed the clock. So now it's longer days, shorter nights. But oh, November. Really? In November, you fall back. I thought it was some people are wanting to get rid of uh, daylight savings time altogether. Just just keep it. Just keep it, yeah, like this. That's what they're saying. Around the country. So it would stay like it is now, where it doesn't get dark till like 7 o'clock. You know in the summertime, you can be out playing till like 8 o'clock? Because back in the day, you wanted more daylight in the morning. For farming and those kind of activities, milking the cows, checking the chickens. Okay, let's so just you, you, also, you also have to take into account that, you know, they didn't need to go out at nighttime because there wasn't street lights, you know what I mean? There wasn't they didn't go out at nighttime, really. Go. So nowadays, that there's other things to do. But yeah, still keep confused. it like it is now. Yeah, keep it right like it is. Right now normal, right? Or no? I don't really know what normal is, to be That's honest, what anymore. Saying. Like, what, normal what's normal? Time, right? What's so, really normal? Yeah, I so, should know more about this. So we're in this, we're in spring forward right now. That's the how we you know you grow up. It's spring forward and you fall back. And you fall back. So we're in the spring forward, which would eventually, with this new law, keep it in the same time frame that it is now. That once you know December or whatever the time date is, we don't go back an hour. We just keep it how it is in our current state right now because this is the sunnier part of the year. That's but exactly it's right. Six o'clock in Arizona right now. Well, oh, the, no, no, so you're talking about time, like, it's changes. Well, no, so we are on right now what Arizona would be on. So, no, we, but in November... Oh, we're not talking about, we're not talking about time zones. Yeah. Like, no, 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 I know, but Arizona's in the same time zone as us. Yes. But they're at a different hour than us right now. But they're what happens hours. is at some point in the year, since Arizona doesn't forward. participate in this... <laughs> That they become like an hour apart. I know it's all hectic and crazy. That's the whole Actually, point. It's like, wait. Because they don't do daylight savings time. So in November 1st, when we would fall back, Arizona would just stay like it is. Okay, that's what they did. Yeah, and Hawaii. Okay. But they're saying, let's, keep, let's do that for the rest of the country. Because I remember when I worked in the campaign, they'd be like, yo, Logan, where are you? And I was like, that's not for another hour. And they're like, no, actually... For the next two days, it's the, the time change. And I was like, "Oh, That's I don't what they know." Do. I, I feel like I'm kind of stupid with time change. I until I moved across the country a couple times, then I kind of got used to it. And I, and I think this is kind of surprisingly, this is a very heated topic for the elder oh, community. Is. The senior community is very <coughs> passionate about this. I can say, Why? if my my mom was to sign any type of legislation. It would be to remove daylight savings and keep it sunny all the time. Oh, oh keep it sunny. It. Oh, okay, okay. See, I've heard different things that old people want sunny. it the other way. No, because oh. they don't, they don't oh, okay. want it to be dark. We'll give her a call. Yeah, reverse that. All of it. And that's good. Yeah, even my grandpa, who, who lives on a farm and does farm, he said that. I remember him saying, if it just would stay the same, you wouldn't have to... Just don't know, go back. You don't have to wake up anywhere here. Doesn't make sense. Why are you making people wake up earlier? Like, if they did need to wake up early for a job because of the lights. All right, well, <coughs> let's move on. We got Bridgerton coming up. Hey, you over there, don't pick at it. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Stand by. 
Alright, so you know this, um, this quite attractive, some kind of ethnic gentleman from Bridgerton? Dreams you inhabit. My thoughts of you never end. Reggae Jean Page will not be returning as the Duke of Hastings for season two of Bridgerton. But it's so removing it. So like this guy was like the biggest hit on the biggest show on Netflix. Did you watch it? Oh my god, it was so good. I don't know where you need to watch it. It was like, it was just so good. Like the whole thing was good from start to finish. There was like a little mystery in there. Is it about bridges? No, it's so it's it's kind of Downton Abbey meets Gossip Girl, which I never watched Gossip Girl, but I know what it is. It's basically like a group of friends in a high school or something like that, and there's one girl that writes in her diary or whatever and tells all the business of everybody else, but she is she is secret. Nobody knows who she is to the end. But similar, also, similar with this. It's also praised for its diversity. Yes, they. Um, there's a whole scene where there's a, a African American queen and a and the White King, and where they is talk it about. To be? Well, it's supposed to be set in, like Bridgerton? what, 15th, 14th century London, something like that. They just call it Bridgerton because the family's last name is Bridgerton, but they're all like the higher. He's was a there, duke. Was there black queens back then? So no, but we did find out some interesting information that I was going to share with you next about that. Um, they say that it was, it, this was actually based on Charlotte, Queen Charlotte of Charlotte, North Carolina, that she was actually black. And the queen from Bridgerton, people are saying, uh, was based on her. This is the, this is the queen from Bridgerton. Queen Charlotte? There's a Queen Charlotte from Charlotte, North Carolina. And a lot of people are saying that looking at photos of her, um, here's one here. I'll let you listen to this. Her work in the Queen City, but do we know the history behind the Queen our city is named after? I spoke with local historians after Queen Charlotte appeared in a new Netflix show, and it's a history lesson for all of us. That's for sure. I had no idea. Never heard about this in my life. I grew up there my entire life. Flawless, my dear. The hit Netflix series Bridgerton, bringing renewed attention to the mixed-race British queen our city is named after. Queen Charlotte, of course, is, is the namesake of our city. Tom Hanchett, community historian in Charlotte, explains that Queen Charlotte was a German-born princess from Mecklenburg-Strelitz, Germany. Breaking news, Justin. Feel free to turn your head and cough. Fear not. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Grab your emotional support animal and get ready for a dose of reality. All the time. Do you believe that Gates believed that you were threatening him with details of what you knew that would be exposed if he didn't help you? Uh, no, because I didn't have any details about his son. I stopped him immediately and explained that this was not an extortion attempt. And I said, look, this is legitimate offer to help rescue Robert Levinson. I showed him the two videos that I took last summer so that my Robert team Levinson? took. So Robert Levinson apparently is a uh, FBI agent uh, that was lost somewhere. There's a whole website right here, the disappearance of Robert Levinson. Uh, Robert Allen Levinson presumed dead before March 25th, 2020. Um, and he was an American former drug enforcement administ administration. He disappeared in Iran while um, on a mission for a central wow. intelligence agency. So, and they, Trump, the Trump administration claims he is deceased, but they say and claim that they have found uh, footage of him alive and 
they want to try to put the team together to rescue him. And apparently, and this is like almost like a top Iran? secret yeah, what was he stuff. Doing in Iran? Oh, I'm something, something like yeah. This is like uh, listening to this interview was like the watching last a movie. Okay. Of, of Robert Levinson, I explained how we tried to rescue him in, Ju- in July, and said, "Look, I said that operation fell apart. I lost four people. I said we had no budget." But we believe there's an opportunity to get them out from the top down this time, but it would cost quite a bit of money. Now, you put a lot of this in writing, which would have been very dumb, especially for somebody with an intel uh, intelligence background, if you were trying to extort. This guy is a former FBI, former FBI agent as well. He's not like some dummy. You say the FBI has contacted. Uh, have they made it known to you that you are under investigation for extortion? They have not. They brought me in to discuss the situation, and I am cooperating. When you say the situation, what situation? They asked me about the meeting that I had with Don Gates. Did they also ask you about what you knew about the congressman and his behavior? They did. And I said, told them the same thing I told you. I just heard rumors about the congressman. So apparently this guy lives in Florida as well or has connections in that area which is why he went to Matt Gates's father, because he is a rich person. I don't even know what he does, but um, in Florida. But since this guy has connections, he says that reporters and friends and other high-power people that he knows, there is, has been rumors for a long time that Matt Gates is up to some shady shit. There's, he's, he, this guy claims there's pictures of like a gangbang orgy situation. Um, but he's basically saying, I'm not here to spill that. I was just basically trying to get his father's attention with like a little, hey, I got this information, other than just like knocking at the door and be like, who the hell are you? You know what right. I mean? Do have any specifics about his behavior? Mm. I, you know, I hadn't seen any videos about him or pictures about him, but we, I did hear rumors uh, about his activities. I'll ask you about that in a second. Let's go to the direct uh, proof here so you can explain it. Mr. Gates, text message from you. Uh, I would like to talk with you immediately about the current federal investigation and the indictment that is about to be filed against your son. I have a plan that can make his future legal and political problems go away. You sent that text message? I did, yes. Why did you put it that way, uh, that there was an indictment about to be filed against his son? And why did you tee up the legal problems? So that does sound a little shady, like he knows more than he's saying, but... He does maybe know something. And maybe I'm not listening to this well enough, but how? Okay. It's crazy, right? This is one of the I craziest stories I've heard in a while. It's really complex. I'm it's to so get complex. Ahead, between how Robert Levinson has anything to do with a 17-year-old girl. Well, he doesn't. So this guy, this guy was hired by Robert Levinson's family. Is kind of like a James Bond, basically. And this guy, James Bond guy, is as ha- an ex-FBI agent. Yes has hired a team of people like a James Bond movie, and they have already tried one time to go and rescue this guy from a foreign ad- adversarial non, country. Non-government to rescue. I, I'd say That's on the fringes of the government, okay. maybe. Kind of like, I was uh, confused that I thought there was still On the fringes FBI, of the so, government. But it wasn't an official FBI no. or CIA investigation. According to the government, this gentleman is, uh, is deceased. <laughs> so. Okay. According to the Trump administration. Okay, the family so, doesn't believe it. So that's why this guy was talking about like, hey, this has just brought up hurt and hard feelings and 
things so that this family people, should have never had to go through. One of the people that was on the team to help find Robert Levinson was Don Gates, Matt Gates' dad, correct? No. Okay. So this guy, FBI agent, all he did was he went to Don Gates just as like a fundraiser. He probably sent messages like that to other people. He says later on in this interview, we have done similar things with high-profile individuals before to make, make them look like American heroes. He'll explain it a little bit more. My case was in need of, or is, if the allegations are true, he's in need of some goodwill from the government. I'm in need of a sponsor like to fund the, re the rescue project. Say here so you can explain it. Mr. Gates, text message from you. Uh, I would like to talk with you immediately about the current federal investigation and the indictment that is about to be filed against your son. I have a plan that can make his future legal and political problems go away. You sent that text message? I did, yes. Why did you put it that way, uh, that there was an indictment about to be filed against his son? And why did you tee up you. the legal problems? This is when I watched this last night. I was like shocked. My case was in need of, or is if the allegations are true, he's in need of some goodwill from the government. And funny story. So that's, this, that's the extortion claim contract. This is the extortion claim. Funny story. Look where he's from, Asheville, North Carolina. That's where he is right now. That is literally 20 minutes from my parents' house. I'm in need of a sponsor to, to fund the, re the rescue project. Uh -huh. So he's just saying looking for a sponsor for the, the money. indictment Black that man. is about to be filed. But I mean, that's not really blackmail. Um, what if people take that to be an implied threat? Uh, there is no threat. I, I don't have anything to do with the indictment. I don't have anything to do <laughs> with the investigation into Matt Gates. What was your point in telling Gates's father about the what you had heard about the trouble that his son was in? You could have just went to him and said, "Help Bob Levinson." If, you, uh, if we find him, it'll be good for your son. You could have left it at that. You didn't. How come, Mr. Kent? I wanted to meet with Matt Gates. Uh, believe that he had the ability to raise the money quickly. And yes, I did put that in there as a teaser because, as I said, uh, Mr. Gates was in need of some goodwill. And we've worked with multiple people over, over the years. And all of them have been in similar situations. I mean, a lot of them have been you know, facing indictments or all looking for goodwill for the U.S. government. One of the things that you have circumstantially without getting too in the weeds going against you is that one of the guys who you were working with on this and approaching the gates has a criminal record uh, for being a fraudster. Why would yes. you be associating with somebody like that? I don't that? remember that part, to be honest. So I was contacted by David McGee in October. Oh, yeah, this is where and this David McGee guy comes in. It's just, somebody, it's just uh, really complex. It's really you know, complex. It's so it's complex. Because yeah, let's just Alfred, give the listeners uh, a, a wanted to help. update, and then we'll, we'll definitely do, like, a deep dive. But this is basically, this is the rebuttal, this is the rebuttal of those yeah. uh, claims. There's so, I need it's, to read about Don, Rob, this Levinson guy. That's a whole story. Yeah, it's a whole this story. This is why we want to cover it, because it's it's so complex. But this is basically the newest wrinkle, is this gentleman right here. His name, they don't even list his name on here because they probably don't want him to be like, a father. Bob say, Kent, his name is Bob Kent. But let's just say at the end, they, they end up finding this Levinson guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could that probably make a movie about the whole Matt Gates thing and how it led to the finding yeah, of this. You could. There's this, so many, you know, like, like at the end of the, at this news article, I think they say something like if you took this to a Hollywood studio, they would be like, nah, that's unbelievable, you know, or whatever. <laughs> wow. 
This is the Doctor Whoever project. For your own safety, strap in and put those thumbs to work. Find it all at DoctorWhoever.com. I know you love some aliens. So um, have you seen this clip of like the, the Pentagon has finally released this footage um, showing there are unexplained things out there that they don't know what it is. It's really fascinating. Intel. Frankly, there are a lot more sightings than have been made public. We're talking about objects that, um, frankly, um, Mrs. John actions that are difficult to explain, that um, movements that, uh, that are hard to replicate, that we don't have the technology for. Okay, joining us right now to discuss is Lou Elizondo. He is the former director of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, a Pentagon unit that studies UFOs. Lou, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, so part of the evidence apparently is going to show UFOs or some, you know, they're just unidentified objects, breaking the sound barrier without a sonic boom. So these are the videos that have been released by the Pentagon. Um, and they, there is, there's something in one of these bills that was passed recently that puts a timeline on the, the Pentagon and the government for when they can release this certain information that they have to basically either release it or something else. I'm not sure. It's sponsored by that uh, Marco Rubio guy. But um, this is just basically talking about... So they, they have to release UFO information within a certain... Time. A certain amount of time. Or there, there's like a time limit coming up where they have to just release some information. Because it's, there's so much stuff out there that people really want to know. They're coming for us. How is that possible? Well, I think that's probably the crux of the problem, that we are seeing these, let's call them vehicles, if you will, that are incurring into controlled U.S. airspace that are displaying performance characteristics that are frankly well beyond anything that we can either replicate or, or in some cases really even understand. So when, when you're talking about that, you're, you're talking about how these things are able to do things that we have no idea how it's possible, given the speed and the altitude and things like that, the turns and everything like that. I, I'm sure you've got the top... Uh, physics experts in the world working on this, can they come up with any explanation? You know, I, I think as we begin to look at this, we're, we're beginning to realize that a lot of this really isn't breaking the laws of physics. What it's doing is really breaking our understanding of the current laws of physics. That we so he's saying, you know, we just might not understand what's happening because to say it's breaks but the laws is, of physics. What's, the, what's there other explanation? I mean, he'll, he'll, he's basically going to give three explanations. We, that we are looking at. In essence, um, these things, if you look at quantum physics, there's a lot of modeling right now that suggests that a lot of this performance can be explained uh, if you have a, a really deep understanding of quantum physics. And by the way, you're absolutely right. There's, there's five unique observables that these things are, are displaying. One is instantaneous acceleration. The second one is hypersonic velocity. The third one is a bit of an oxymoron, but it's low observability. And then the fourth one is transmedium travel, the ability to operate in different environments. And then the last observable is this, if you will, this weird positive lift or anti-gravity where you have these vehicles with no wings, no control surface. <laughs> Basically, they get to a, I gotta stop forgetting, technical difficulty. Here. Of radical news, and now they're covering UFOs. So but, I feel like they've, they've taken on the whole. This guy could not be any more of a boring. I want to get to the, the point where he actually talks so about no engines the different 
the, the, the options and it could be. The information is very compelling. It's it's real. Yeah. Okay, it's real. Are they from another planet? Okay, here you go. Well, I, I think it's too early to tell. Uh, the real the three options are that have been presented that it's our secret technology, uh, but we've done a terrible job at coordinating yeah. the testing of this technology for decades with ourselves, which is highly unlikely. The second option is that it's foreign adversarial technology, which if you were to ask me, would be a huge yeah. intelligence failure sure. of this country. This Fox News guy loves it though, he's so into it. Frog. Or the third option is that it's something completely different. It's, hey, I'm curious if it's not too. ours and it's not theirs, well. Yeah, if it's not it's, ours, it's, it's not theirs, then what is it? Else. I can't wait for this report to come out. Lou, thank you very much for joining us today. I just yeah, thought that was... What is it? I was saying, what is it? I mean, it's just like, you gotta... You kind of want to know, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you well, kind of want to know. We're going to get to something no in your hometown shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing minds from coast to coast, the doctor is in. Hear anonymous experts with insider information straight from the source. Get the facts and judge for yourself at doctorwhoever.com. Yeah. All right, so um, you're from Utah. Not Utah, um, Kansas, close enough. <laughs> Kansas, Utah, all those places. There's two weird things going on right now in Utah. Um, one I just heard about today. Let me ask you what you think about this. So, so say you knocked up some girl randomly in college, and there was some law that said you had to pay for half of her pregnancy costs and half of her insurance. Would you think that was a? Would you like that, or would you kind of be like, ah, oh, I'm getting screwed um, over here? I thought that's kind of the way it was anyway. Like, I kind of thought it was too. If you're a dad, you kind of have to pay like child support if you're no longer. But they're trying to make it a. They're trying to really make it official now. Regional news now. Utah's governor, Spencer Cox, has signed a law Cox. requiring biological fathers to pay half of a woman's out-of-pocket pregnancy costs. Supporters of the law say it is an effort to decrease the burden of pregnancy on women and increase the responsibility for men who father children. Hey, Critics whatever. of the bill argue it doesn't do enough to address maternal health care needs and could make abusive situations even more dangerous for pregnant women. I could see that. There was a. I could see that, but I also understand. President Obama was known as the. I don't think that's really a strong argument to say no. it'll make it more abusive because I think where they do see abuse is when men uh, leave them after knocking them up. Oh yeah. I feel like that'd be the number one abuse. I think some women might be like, "Oh God, I'm glad you're leaving me. <laughs> Get rid of this like guy," because right. Or, or they don't want the guy involved because he was crappy, but. There's some crappy moms out there just like there's crappy dads. I think having some kind of a law on the financial burden is good because it gives the woman at least the ability to come back and be like, hey, you have to help me with this. You can't not. I think that's the good thing about it. Well, I mean, also, it lessens the, the amount of time it. that uh, lessens it, probably lessens the rate of abortions. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Because people aren't going to be, like, women that's aren't going to have abortions. None of this. It's true. And right now you're getting that tax credit if you got kids. It's like a it's like a win-win oh, for kids right now. Kids. <laughs> all right, let's uh all right. Speaking of not having kids, one of the reasons I think so many people might not be having kids now is uh with the pornography. So another Utah law. They're actually trying to ban porn sites on phones. 
The bill brought a lot of attention to Utah because it requires porn to carry a warning label. But it appears the legislature has gotten some sites to comply. Shows that for a lot of businesses, they're much more concerned about their pocketbook than they are about uh, being prosecuted. Some adult websites have started throwing up these warning labels to comply with Utah's new anti-pornography law. So you have like a viewers porn hub, state of Utah warning. may impact minors. <laughs> if they don't, the sites could face civil damages. Hmm. The bill passed the legislature earlier this year and faced a pushback. Yeah, it's not that 17-year-old from clicking enter. It's ridiculous, but I mean... So they don't sell porn magazines? Hold on, pause, pause, go back a couple seconds and pause. I want to see if that warning. Okay. No, not Seriously. that far back. There was a warning label that came So there's a couple. Yeah, what does it say? Let's see. Let's see if it wants to play. X2. X2, porn you're on, you're on hub. You're on the wrong one now. Oh, oh, no. Back to pregnancy. <laughs> YouTube is really spotty. I don't like that guy's best. There you go. Pause it. Let's see. Uh, expanded, expanded. Yeah. If you are under the age of 18 years, you do not have a authorization, authorization or, or permission. permission to enter this website or access any of its materials. Yeah, but isn't that what it always says? Of 18, by entering this website, you hereby agree to comply with all terms and conditions. Huh. I mean, I... Isn't that, what, been, isn't that what it says 18. when you go try to make a screen name back in the day on like AOL Instant Messenger? It would be like, you have to say you're 13 or 14 and you just say, sure. Yes! Whatever. Whatever well, gets you me in. you have to be 18 to buy a, uh, like a uh, Playboy. That's true. So, I mean, like, I understand it's always been that. I think the problem with this is some of the other information I've heard is they're trying to force cell phone companies to put in certain blockers or whatever, which obviously would never happen. That just that just won't get through the legal system. But if maybe they're doing this just as like a hey, we're trying to curtail the amount of porn watching going on. So, so what's wrong know. with like the parents who buy their kids their cell phones putting on parental uh, restrictions on their phones? Isn't uh, I that kind of where, agree. Isn't that where we should be lying, as opposed to a free enterprise putting uh, warning signs uh, on their on their business. I agree. In your face, sucker! You know, what's, what's so ironic about this, maybe it's a little off topic, is a lot of these people who are, are in favor of putting porn labels are also the ones that are saying, uh, don't censor my speech by canceling oh, yeah, Parler. Of course. You, you cancel my Parler account, but then we're going to go and do the same, you know... Off, again, off topic, but I can't wait for the MyPillow guys social media network to come out. That's just going to be... Uh, That'll be hilarious. I thought Trump was in it with him. Probably. Let's go do an intro. Always here to be your second opinion. Or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You get the picture. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Always on at DoctorWhoever.com. Remember, um, obviously, a couple weeks ago, we had that crazy Texas snowstorm and... It's probably 80 degrees in Texas right now. Um, do, you, do you remember hearing stories about uh, all these people with these crazy uh, power bills that were just like astronomical, like $12,000 for like uh, a power bill? So they're actually going to forgive all those power bills now. They're just going to be like, eh, 
We're going to wipe out $29 million Some big news out of Texas this morning. More than $29 million in unpaid electric bills will be forgiven. The bills were charged during last month's devastating winter blast. The relief is part of a bankruptcy plan by Gritty Energy, which is the provider accused of overcharging customers. Gritty filed for bankruptcy on Monday. It was the third Texas energy provider to do so (laughs) since that storm hit. But it's like, how are they even able to do that? How are they even able to charge people that much money in the first place? Like, where is the regulation? They probably tried to charge surge prices. No, that's what it was. It was like a surge price, like for Uber. Like, the power company is like Uber now? We can't have that. Just can't have that. All right. uh, I know know Logan really likes this next topic, so I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to move on to transgender topics. I just know it rouses you up. Leave all the toxic vibes behind and get ready to clear the fog from your mind. It's time to get stimulated. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. I think you'll be happy about this because uh, I know you're worried about children uh, getting something done before maybe they're prepared, and I. I kind of agree. Maybe it's a maybe we should be looking at that. Maybe there should be some therapy involved or a couple different doors to go through before you just start chopping off wieners and building vaginas out of them. So um, I actually heard about that. Really so you've already heard about I, this? I heard about this. I listened to a thing on the radio yesterday that was with a woman who was living in Arkansas. I forget what it was, but she was talking about how um, when the bill originally passed to the Senate and the House, the Republican governor vetoed it. Yes, and then they said it would do more harm than good. But they somehow were able to get it back on. I'm not quite sure. I think our political expert would need to tell us how that works. So they vetoed it, and then it went back for a vote. They went back, and the Arkansas law says all you need is a majority, not a super majority Mm. like the federal does. So obviously the majority vote revoted for it, and it passed again. But um, yeah, we can play the video. But yeah, let's give a little intro, and then we'll go there. Arkansas passing a bill blocking gender-affirming care for trans youth. It would ban access to things like reversible puberty blockers and hormones. The deputy director... See how she specifically said reversible because they're trying to point out, okay, just because you give them this, it's not actually going to hurt them. Like we talked about, like you didn't understand. So if if you're a boy and you're 11 years old, but you think you're a girl, you really feel like you're a girl... I don't know what kids are going through nowadays. Maybe this stuff's more visible out there. I knew that I was gay when I was six or seven. I might not have known exactly what it was, but I knew. So maybe at six or seven or eight, you know you're a girl. I just, I, I, don't, I'm, I don't quite know. But what they're just trying to say is, if that question is out there and you want to be more of like the modern parent, there's nothing wrong with giving your kids this medication that will just put a pause button on mother nature until they have more time to figure out who they are, what they what they want uh, the rest of their life to be, um, and then if they change their mind and say it was just a little hiccup or a phase, take them off the medication. Boom, life goes back to normal. So, what does the what does it look like when they go back to normal? I mean, is puberty like super fast? The only example I could actually give is a friend of mine in high school. He was kind of small and scrawny, and I remember him saying something about. Yeah, they had to take me to a doctor and I had to get like a puberty shot. So basically like he did not kick off 
the mother nature didn't kick off in him. It just didn't start like it did. So they had they gave him a shot. The next year he was on the wrestling team. He was playing soccer. You know, massive change because he was basically on puberty blockers, but na- natural puberty oh, blockers. Oh, right, 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 right. Like he was basically on like a natural puberty blocker. Like it just didn't it didn't hit for him. But this is a little different. It says Arkansas passes bill to ban. Gender-affirming care yes. for trans youth. So That's what, what they're saying. So what it's saying that Arkansas is refusing to provide medical care for trans youth, right. regardless of their parents' decision. You know, the problem so that's, that's an infringement on on rights. Right. Uh, it's up to the parents whether or not they want to move mm-hmm. forward. It's an it's a conversation that these children uh, need to have with their physical pr- providers, not state legislators. Need, do not need to be cited what type of care transgender youth needs to be provided. That's a, a, a overstep in, in so Some many different ways place. and very anti-transgender uh, legislation that needs to be to be fixed. I feel the person that's trying to pass this legislation is doing it for political purpose. Mm-hmm. And there, this is unbelievably harmful to the trans community in Arkansas. I feel like I would take it a step further and say that it's un-American to block it because people want to be here because we provide freedoms that all other countries don't. Mm-hmm. And when somebody is denied something because of who they are, I mean, that's kind of a problem, right? We're it's, kind of like we're the country of choice. You come here, you bring what you have to adapt to the rest of us, but you still can be who you are as a culture. Why can't you be who you are as a person inside yourself, I just don't really see who it hurts. I, I just feel like the, the Republican Party is now becoming the party of, of anti-progress in culture and society, uh, whether it's voting rights. Uh, now we see it with, with anti-trans uh, legislation. Mm-hmm. It's, they want things to be back like it was in the 50s with the good old days. The good old well, days. Well, let's, let's make things clear to the Republican Party. The 50s were not very good for LGBT no. people. Or black people uh, or Mexican people, people or anybody Mexican that people. wasn't a white male. Yeah. And not even all the white males. It was only the rich white males. I mean, you watch people watch movies and things nowadays and they get this rom- this romanticized notion of what it was like back in the old days. No, it was shitty. People were dirty and they lived in squalor and they were pooping in the streets. You know, not too long ago, really. Where only a certain... Like we call the 1% now, but back then it was the 1% that were like even surviving and doing good. The rest of everybody was just kind of in the shitter and basically I mean, like a slavery, almost like a class-based society. It's, I mean, the past is always romanticized. I mean, it wasn't a time where, you know, Tupac and N.W.A., was on FBI watch list. And now you go to a Laker game at the Staples Center and they're playing, you know, NWA straight out of Compton, you know what I mean? And fantasizing over the life of Tupac Shakur. But at one time, they were considered criminals and the the scum of society when, like, when I was listening to that music growing up, you were considered a problem child because you were listening to gangster rap. When it all it was was a society trying to define themselves I agree. And, and talk about their struggles. It was basically poetry for a different generation. It just yeah. it was there's so much anger within it that turns off some people because they were angry. They were angry, so the anger comes out, and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Um, so I, I mean, know. my I guess what I take from this is, what do the what do the uh, people of Arkansas, how do they feel like, uh, who are not transgender and who are for who are for this bill to ban this kind of things. How do they feel that it infringes on their rights? It doesn't. You know what it it infringes on their Bible, their their but, uh, but their religion, their way of life. They wouldn't want their kids to be that way, so we wouldn't want them to make a friend that was this because it may turn them into one too. It's this this whole thing of not being able to understand that just because someone is doing something out there doesn't mean you're going to be forced to do it or have to do it or have to live your life that way either. And that's a problem people have in the South. It's it's very keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. You just kind of go with the flow. You stick with the, the same trends. But I don't know. Like we've seen and you've seen. My family I've seen. I'm sure you've seen too. Some of these people, they stick with the, the same old like trends. They don't good. go anywhere. I feel like it's not go with the flow. I no, I mean, they're just kind of like. Go with the fucking, yeah. But go with the flow of everything they've ever done in the past. You ne- You don't, why change it? Why fix something? If it's not broken, right. and then even if you come and say, "Hey, I feel like I'm a girl, but I have a penis," or "I feel like I like boys and I'm a boy," there's something wrong with you. That's. I mean, that's uh, why do you think that some people are able to kind of go with the flow of the societal change and you know accepting something new is not really a monumental thing for them. But I think it's just people, education. But there's other people who accepting something new is every single time that something they haven't seen or something that they're exposed to, it's this monumental thing of, it's going to take me 30 years to get over it. Or some people never get over it. They just live their life being angry. It's also based on diversity. I mean, we're talking about Arkansas. I mean, it's not the most diverse and LGBTQ-friendly state to begin with. So when you're thinking about how they're positioning their legislation... They're not you're you don't have equal representation in, in a lot of these these uh, oh, no. legislative branches to where they're thinking about the LGBT person or they're thinking about you know I mean but Latinos they're thinking or black against people. it no but they are thinking about it because they're thinking about it so it's not that they're see not, but in their head they're saving them from damnation and going it. to hell because that they they have this whole different way of thinking it's just. You can't even imagine it because you've never experienced it, I don't think. Maybe you can from being I mean, I like being I, a Mormon. I feel like I can't maybe you can kind of come from that. I, mean, I understand it from like uh, a viewpoint of religious viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people I live their life that way. I understand it because I've worked you know, in the Kansas State House and I know like what politicians, some Republican politicians think, but... I guess sometimes I'm just baffled by people still with all the information and all the stuff on the website, on the books you can read and everything. But but there's also also hundreds of books and websites that reaffirm their positions as well. But if you, I don't know, I mean... And some people prefer to live in denial. Some people prefer to live in ignorance because ignorance is bliss, as they say. If you don't know, you don't know. I don't know. Alright, well, we're going to move on to something a little bit more exciting. We're going to talk about mountain lions. Blowing minds from coast to coast. The doctor is in. Hear anonymous experts with insider information straight from the source. 
Get the facts and judge for yourself at DrWhoever.com. All right, you know, so I'm, I'm a little worried about walking Odie all the time now out here because, like, uh, apparently there's been a rash of mountain lions roaming around I northern we Las Vegas. I Tiger King for a minute. The, this, is a, this is a real life mountain lion. This is a lion. real life mountain lion okay, spotted in Las Vegas. That. New tonight, some locals are on high alert after spotting a mountain lion in their neighborhood. This all happening it's on near their porch. Lopi and Desert Inn. A viewer sending in this ring doorbell camera captured around 6 o'clock yesterday evening. She says it's been spotted several times over the last couple days. So you can see that mountain lion walking along the neighbor's fence and then jumping right over it. Oh my God, it could right jump there. right yeah, in the, the fence. Viewer says if it you probably got somebody's area, cat. You should definitely make sure that all of your pets and animals are indoors tonight. Hmm. So uh, mountain lion, mountain lion, so just roaming around the city. Video? New tonight, some... <laughs> just roaming around. So, but it's a big mountain lion. Good news, good news. Mountain lion has been retrieved. And they let it go. Watch this. It's kind of funny. Like, they let it go, and it's so confused. It must be kind of tranked or something. Because <laughs> it comes out. It pokes its little head out the door. You can see it. It's, this is near where we live, because you can see the snow it's on the like mountain caps. This was, this was April 1st. This was April Fool's. They let it go. Just kind of runs off. I've seen a coyote, but never a mountain lion out here yet. Yeah, can we can we get the area where they release? I, know, right? I think you so guys, we'll go hiking over I there. Think you guys are actually sort of on the part piece of where you might get some coyotes oh, up yeah. here. We've like seen we a coyote. We've seen not. coyote. I mean, you have a lot of lights. I know in, in Abby's neighborhood that like she has some neighbors who are just really like not good about putting their dogs in. Like a month ago, there were some, some coyotes that came and ripped a dog apart. Oh no! Like in the middle of the night. Kill that coyote. Yeah, we, we saw a coyote uh, it was before little, we moved though. into the studio over here uh, not that long ago. Not that long ago. Yeah, we've mean, only been I, here for like I a month. Expect, my thing is I lived in San Fernando Valley in L.A. There was coyotes. We saw coyotes. That's not a big deal. But a mountain lion, mountain lion. that's a whole different Nothing story. Nothing was big, too. I mean, I wouldn't be scared of a coyote, but a mountain lion, I might piss my pants a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy about that. Well, while, we're on, um, while we're on Vegas news... Have you heard of the Huntridge Theater? Yes. So apparently, the Huntridge Theater has been purchased and will be remodeled and revamped into a venue. I remember going by it. Huntridge Theater downtown is about to get to some new life. And that's because it was just bought by a local real estate developer. And the iconic venue is in for some serious renovations over the next few years. Fox says Lauren Martinez gives us a look inside and tells us what we can all expect. Yes, this I know. is it's our be first so nice. look inside. Media was able to come and tour the Huntridge Theater and see what it looks like. And as you can see, it is run down. Uh, it first closed down back in July of 2004. when part Wow, so 2004. This place has been closed since then. I go by it numerous times. And I look and we say, what do we say? Ah, oh, somebody should buy this. This is probably a historical thing. It looks like it's been closed down since way longer than that. But 2004 was a long time ago. So, so this is like an in-person theater, like live at live stage theater. I think so, where you could maybe see yeah. comedy shows and things like that. Small or venue. Broadway could come. Yes, Broadway. Broadway could come. It's good. It's another thing. They're trying to revamp downtown, like we've said. They need to. It's going to be so. I mean, so across the street from that, there's a really nice uh, Roberto's like restaurant and like a wing stop.
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's all I, Maryland. I, and, uh, I honestly feel like downtown Las Vegas has this unbelievable potential to become oh, yeah. like a mecca of entertainment. Yes. And it's going to happen. But it's, this is in an area that's still like super run down. Like, not, yeah. okay, not super, super run down, but like kind of where the kind of where like the inner city meets the, you know, kind of the people who are trying to renovate it, you know, kind of that, kind mm-hmm. of that border. And, um, it kind of is, is a little bit run down until you get to the university. Um, but more, more and more people are starting to like invest in that area, you know? Yeah. I mean, if I had extra coins here and there, Seriously. I might invest in a property down in downtown. Uh, because I feel like, not not that I just want to make a quick buck, but I believe in that community and the potential it has to to create an industry down there. I totally agree. I just think that by bringing in some of these these businesses that used to be there, they were part of the culture, they were part of the city, people will come back to them and remember it as something they they enjoyed back yeah, then and want to be able to bring their good. kids to a new remodel so you used to go I mean yeah. or Abby you probably used to go yeah. it was probably like a I don't know probably like a fun thing for the community how many theaters are around now most of them are AMC's and things like that you know it's just to have like a neighborhood cool one that's neat alright what else we got let's see I do want to make sure we talk about Jim Thorpe so um, I know we I know you read a little bit of that article earlier that was pretty good, right? So um, Jim Thorpe, I mean, I don't even think I could explain it very well. So I really do just want to play uh, the clip. It's only about two minutes. But I think it's worth, it's worth the two minutes. Native American program at the Decatur Correctional Center seeks to get incarcerated. Jim Thorpe, the Native American Olympian hero. And it's T-H-O-R-P-E. In 1950, sports writers from across the United States voted on who they thought was the greatest American athlete of the century. To be honest, after five decades of sporting greatness, they had a galaxy of sports stars to choose from, but one shone brightest, the incomparable Jim Thorpe. Football, baseball, basketball player, and the first Native American to achieve Olympic gold glory. Thorpe was a member of the Sac and Fox Nation, and was born on Indian territory in present-day Oklahoma in 1888. His native name... Wait. Oklahoma? Oh, nope. Kansas. Kansas. Watho Huck meant bright path, hinting at great things to come. And at the Carlisle Indian Industrial School, the young Thorpe stood head and shoulders above his peers, breaking the high jump record at the first attempt, sweeping the judges off their feet in competitive ballroom, and leading the school's football team to the National Collegiate Championship. Pop Warner, a coach at Carlisle, knew a world beater when he saw one. And in 1912, at the Stockholm Olympics in Sweden, 24-year-old Thorpe competed for the United States in the pentathlon and decathlon, the toughest individual sports of all, involving multiple track and field events over several punishing days. Despite wearing mismatched footwear after a rival stole his sneakers, he won gold in... Okay, so that's my favorite part of this. So, he was at the Olympics. I can't hear. Oh, you can't hear? Oh, you're out? Oh, audio technical difficulties? Oh, you are. You are out. Hold on a second. What happened? 
Let's see. Let me re-engage you on the fly. Let's see if I can do this. Let's see if I can do this. Oh, you should be back. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, you're back. All right. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Back again. Back again. All right, that's uh, Doctor Whoever doing uh, technical difficulties. We just handle it on the fly right here. On the. Can we get a can we get a hand clap? Yeah, let's get a hand clap. Where is my where is my sound effects too? Where are they? There we go. All right, so we're uh, we're talking about Jim Thorpe, Native American Olympian hero. Went to the Olympics. Someone from another country stole his shoes from his area. He had to wear two mismatched pair of shoes that he found from like a trash can or something. Both and received a hero's welcome back home. Despite wearing decathlon, the toughest individual sports of all, involving multiple track and field events over several punishing days. Despite wearing mismatched footwear after a rival stole his sneakers, he won gold in both and received a hero's welcome back home, going on to become the only man to play pro baseball with the New York Giants, pro basketball with the world-famous Indians, and pro football, winning the 1919 championship with a stunning 95-yard punt. So why did it take almost a century for Thorpe to feature on a Wheatings box? It could be because, two months after the Olympics, he was stripped of his medals for breaking the competition's strict amateur rules by making money from minor league baseball. Medals that were never given back. It could be that Thorpe shied away from publicity, a Native American who didn't want to be gazed upon as a curiosity, or that America simply wasn't ready to accept the Native American as an all-time great. After all, in 1951, Hollywood made a movie about Thorpe's life, but cast a white actor in the lead role. Thorpe died penniless in 1953, but his story lives on. The story of an all-round, all-American athlete, and truly, one of a kind. I thought that was a really fascinating what? story. Never heard of that guy. Have you ever heard of that guy? I've never heard of Just him. the whole thing about the shoes and everything. It was just... Oh, that was like a pretty amazing story. He's so, it's so 1912, like, yeah. oh boy, I lost my shoe. I'm just going to put another shoe on. Yeah, I mean, you got to give him some credit, you know? I mean, credit, credit where credit's due nowadays, you know? It's just like... I feel like we're in a moment of, like, enlightenment. Where, yes, like, we are. I've learned so much this yeah, year. historical events are coming out of, like, these great Americans that just so happen to be of like uh, that's a Native American mm-hmm. or you know I mean that's an African American or Latino American that made this huge contribution that's just been overlooked for so long yeah, just ignored and sometimes purposely ignored um, like in this situation we're talking about the, the medals were stripped from him um, and why couldn't he make money when he was playing for a minor league uh, baseball team in the first place it just it doesn't really make sense um, well, let's move on. Well, we got a couple other could, things to well, talk about. Oh, I keep going. Pro athlete and still be in the Olympics. Well, then you well they, they were saying that he lost it. Oh, oh, we lost you again. You must be touching something over there. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. I'll figure it out. All right, you're back. You're back. Um, can you hear? Can you hear? Yeah. Now, now you, now you uh, can be a pro athlete and be in the Olympi- Olympics. I mean, so, but I think they were. Wasn't he? Was he in the Olympics then a pro athlete? I don't know, really. I either way, it just doesn't seem to make sense. It almost seems like Ridiculous. you kind of, they tried to just like strip it from someone because they weren't white. But uh, all right, we're getting into some of our last stories here. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. For your own safety, strap it and put those thumbs to work. Find it all at DoctorWhoever.com. All right, so I'm sure you've heard about this uh, global corporate tax. What do you think about that? That's just... 
That's just something interesting that I've never even heard of. Any opinion? Let's play the clip real quick. Another consequence of an interconnected world has been a 30-year race to the bottom on corporate tax rates. This lady's like 90. Competitiveness is about more than how U.S. headquarters com headquartered companies fare against other companies in global merger and acquisition bids. It's about making sure that governments have stable tax systems that raise sufficient revenue to invest in essential public goods and respond. Yeah, so basically she yeah so basically <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, saying that she's basically saying the countries should all get together and decide hey we're gonna have this corporate tax so they can't go from london to charlotte to boston to somewhere in russia to germany to wherever you know that lady is so... She does it like she's, like, 90 or from... She could be a... She could totally be in Downton Abbey. It's like the substitute teacher that comes in and everybody just falls asleep. I feel like she should have a British Treasury Secretary is a genius, but, yes, she is not known for her entertainment factors. What about CNBC? Maybe they can explain it better. I think it's a good idea, though. We're getting some comments from Janet Yellen, which Steve Leisman told us to look out for earlier today. Hey, Steve. Good morning, Carl. I'm not sure if you can make this entertaining. Janet Yellen calling for a global... Yellen be Yellen. Saying ...the world needs to reverse what she calls a 30-year race to the bottom when it comes to corporate taxes. Says she plans to work with G20 nations uh, beginning this week with the IMF meetings to establish some floor for corporate taxes. It's unclear what the rate will be, but the Biden administration, as you know, has proposed raising the U.S. corporate tax to 28%. From 21% in her speech, she will say... So basically, she's, they're trying to just say, hey, let's get together. We cooperate on other things. Why not cooperate on this so that companies can't just juggle around, go to different countries, or just like they do here, go to different states to get a better corporate tax rate. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a good news, bad news. I'm not really sure. Who knows? If they said it online, then it must be true. This is Dr. Whoever's Flaky Found Facts. Hey, stupid, don't believe everything you hear. You're listening to the Dr. Whoever Project. All right, um, Logan, have you ever known someone that, like, went to jail or prison or rehab or anything like that for a long period of time? Yeah. Um, what, if, what, do you, what would you think, like, if that person, they were pregnant or something and they had a baby, like... What would happen? Would they get out? How does that work? If they had a baby? Yeah. Uh, like... Do you think they just have a baby in prison? Or? Yeah, a baby okay. in prison. See, I wasn't aware of those kind of things. I think the baby... I think the baby... It's interesting you bring this up, because I took a criminal... Like, one of the criminology, sociology classes I took, mm -hmm. uh, the professor was a new professor. She had just gotten her doctorate. And she had written her, like, doctoral thesis on uh, women, pregnant women behind bars, and how it was inhumane. In a lot of states, including Kansas, you are required to be shackled by shackled? leg shackles oh and hand shackles. You can be taken to a hospital, but leg shackles and hand shackles to, uh, at the hospital while you're delivering a baby because you're oh, technically no. still a prisoner. Yeah, see, um, that just doesn't seem... 
That doesn't seem humane. That doesn't seem but, safe for the mother or for the baby. But I know that, uh, at least in one of the things I saw, the wing of the prison that they were brought to mm-hmm. was different. So once you're a pre- once you're a mother, uh, you can actually. I think your child like comes in there and lives with you at like certain times, and they can even spend the night in the prison because you're in a cell by yourself, and like it's a safe place for kids. Well, that's what kind of brought this up. I was just scrolling through Facebook and I saw a post from the Illinois Department of Corrections and it was a picture that said, meet Dialia. Dialia? I'm not sure the name, whatever. Uh, Two-month-old newest baby at the Moms and Babies Program at Decatur Correctional Center. Uh, she gets to live with her mom at the facility up to the age of two and then they go uh, home together. Uh, this program is now in its 12th year. Uh, moms and baby program teach incarcerated mothers parenting skills and allow them to bond with the children. Um, I got a little clip right here. I thought it was actually kind of interesting to see like how something like that, um, just how it's out there and how maybe more funding should be set to that. The chance to stay with their child. The program is celebrating 10 years. Alyssa Paldo spoke with a local mom involved in that program. Alyssa joins us now with more. Alyssa. Yeah, Paul Lauren, pregnant incarcerated women with less than two years on their sentence can qualify for this program. Their babies are born behind bars and live with them while they're locked up. Although it's an untraditional start to life, it's helping mothers bond with their children. They're such cute little babies. They got little, they just look like normal babies playing with toys. Tummy time and playing with tummy time. toys. She's starting to crawl like a typical six-month-old. But Stella's start to life is anything but typical. She's living behind bars with her mom. Right before I got locked up, I was bad. I was homeless. I had given up on my kids for a guy. Stella's mom, 28-year-old Carol Harris from Tazewell County. So I know we're talking about, you know, other things similar to this kind of earlier today about how not everybody gets the same family upbringing that you or I or other people out there might. And sometimes there's a, there's a breakdown in the system and a trend just keeps happening and something like this could be what they need. They're teaching them skills, they're teaching them how to engage with the children, they're not free to do drugs or drink or things that might distract them from the baby. Um, They have to be there and they're monitored but they still get to, from what I can see it looks like what you would see at a church or some kind of organization or even a recreation center. It does. Stuff like that, it makes you kind of think, hey, maybe we are doing some things kind of good, you know. I mean, well, we do a lot of things bad, but we do some good things too in this country. And I think this is uh, this is something that I thought was just kind of something good to spotlight. It's like a nice little, just like a happy moment you can kind of have with all the darkness that's out there. Oh. <laughs> well, whatever. Uh, I know you want to talk about this, uh, this, all these military bases and the military getting crazy so we'll uh we'll come back and that'll be our last topic all right you caught us the doctor whoever project is on air real discussions that matter with just a pinch of nonsense get bent back into shape with the doctor whoever project all right where's that out so we got so we got satellite images from russia and the arctic showing this like massive, yeah, this massive Russia. like 
compound. Bring on the Russians. Let's do We've been that. tracking the development of Russian military positions in the Arctic. With our partners at All Source Analysis, we've put together a series of satellite images that tell the story of what exactly the Russians have been up to. I love this guy's specifically accent. Specifically on Alexandra Island and Katelny Island. The first location we'll look at is Alexandra Island, where we can see the Russians have built a central base structure. This structure houses the military units on the island. Around this central base, which the Russians have painted in the colors of the Russian flag, we see the critical infrastructure, such as the heating plant. It's huge. I mean, it looks like what people show Area 51. position, the Russians have also installed a pipeline structure. And you can get a better idea of the scale of it because you can show planes. This is how they provide fuel to the station, which in turn allows the heating plant to keep running. Perhaps more so I know you were talking about other countries that have been doing this too, so you see this yeah. as a trend. You think something that we should, as a country, maybe start to, to be worried a little bit more, more about that other countries, including China, Russia, I mean, yeah. Germany, all these other countries, they're, yeah. I mean, even the Korean countries, they're getting more advanced. They're, they're, they're just, they're worrying about things that we don't have to worry about because they have these governments that... Everything's been the same way for forever. They're not always trying to come in and change things. That's what we need to do. We need to just get some shit taken care of, figure it out, become a country so we can move on and get, get things done instead of just arguing about yeah, this nonsense. Worry about who's voting in and what bathroom you're peeing in and let's, let's get to work. Right. Because these, these countries are going to start laughing at us for They are. Because we're worried about what everybody else is doing in their personal lives. They're right. just, they just don't... They don't care in China about if a boy is wearing a dress too much. They even have a problem where they're trying to, like, mask their guys up a little bit because they've kind of maybe let... They've maybe kind of let stuff get too far, they've noticed, but it's like, who cares? I feel like, though, like, our country is a unique set of circumstances in that it is probably the most diverse country in the world. Um, So, like, I feel like... There is a diverse set of circumstances that it is going to be tougher for us to be able to settle into a, like a level of normal considered normalcy. Hey, there there are plenty of other. We've been to London, we've been to many places around the world. There there are lots of people, there's lots of diversity out there. We are we are not some special country that is just more diverse than than others. We're just not. I know that people like to think that, but it's just not true. It's just not true. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just all there all there is to be said about it. Um, I did want to close close out with talking about what we uh, what we were talking about uh, a little bit earlier today. So we'll give one more little break and we'll uh, finish up. Leave all the toxic vibes behind and get ready to clear the fog from your mind. It's time to get stimulated. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are vision. I know um, earlier we had to share some bad news with you, Logan, that um, my cousin that you met, 
about two weeks ago that was here visiting us did uh, pass away due to an overdose on April 1st. Um, because of the sensitivity of the, the special, the day of being April Fool's Day, I just didn't really want to bring it up as something serious and I knew we were going to do a recording. Um, but I do think that the chats we were having earlier outside um, about how we all think that change can happen and change is something that does need to take place in our society, in our cities, in our own families. Um, and just knowing that other people are struggling, but that there's other people like me and you that are aware of it, I think is maybe the generation of change. That we see it, we know it exists, and we actually can come up with things to help other than sometimes people I think feel like they're just so lost and they don't know how to help and they're just so behind. Like this specific kid, 21 years old, he fell through so many cracks. Like I said earlier, he just, there were so many cracks, so many systems that failed him. It just, he never could catch that break. Um, Odie Monster. Odie Monster misses Jordan too. He's pawing at you. But when I was listening to the song, it just kind of made me think of him. And, you know. It's tough. Just like a new. It, I had hopes for him after he came here that change could happen for him, and I think it could have. But he just he made that mistake that you can't come back from. Yeah. And so many people fall prey to that. And it's just, it is sad. I do want to make sure we do remember him and we're going to try to do something maybe locally just to kind of, just kind of like remember him and have maybe a little bit of a memorial. So. Yeah. But that's it. I want to keep going on that. Yeah, no, I mean, I know we just told you. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to down you too much the other day. But, well, that's it. April 6th this is the Dr. Whoever Project. Hey, you over there, don't pick at it. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Stand by. Blowing minds from coast to coast. The Doctor is in. Hear anonymous experts with insider information straight from the source. Get the facts and judge for yourself at DrWhoever.com. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. For your own safety, strap in and put those thumbs to work. Find it all at DrWhoever.com.